What's going on, everybody? Before we get started with today's episode, just want to give a quick shout out to NordVPN. You can use NordVPN to browse the internet privately, safely, and securely. It allows you to unblock all sorts of things, such as streaming services in other countries. If you sign up today with the GTD Sports link, which you can find in our bio and on our website, you can save up to 70% with a money-back guarantee. So make sure to sign up with the GTD Sports link today. This is the Going the Distance podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're gonna be like, oh, I wish I got into a top guy. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Let's just, we're just going to roll into it. This is the intro. You know what? We're not going to do an official hello, hello, welcome in, whatever. This is this is the intro, all right? This is the Go In The Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Bunnell, and alongside me is my co-host, Elijah Spann. We are currently live on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, all that jazz. It is November 30th. We are back after a short break over Thanksgiving. We ended up deciding not to do a podcast. It was just too complicated. We were both home with our families. Um, the network Wi-Fi situation would have been chaotic. So uh, we just we thought, you know, you guys were probably busy as well. So we're back. We have a lot to talk about now, though. We're going to be talking major college football stuff, as you can probably tell by the title. We're going to be doing a how do you feel segment in the NFL uh, MLB. You know, season's over, but free agency chaos has begun. And we're going to be touching on that a little before we close out with love it or loathe it as always. But first, make sure to check us out on social media over at GTD underscore sports. Other than TikTok, we are at GTDsports.com. You can follow our personal accounts. I'm over at Ryan Bunnell 8 and Elijah is at Elijah Span 19. And actually, this is kind of random. Speaking of social media, Elijah, what do you think? Uh, this little bit of a shameless self promo. So I've been posting on my own TikTok, like my, my sports bets and everything, trying to like you know, become a TikTok sports better and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And, but my name is just Ryan Bunnell eight, you know? And I'm like, I don't know if that's like, that's a catchy name really. So I'm, I'm thinking, and this would have to be like, I would have to commit to it because it could be like my brand long-term. What if I just changed my name? Cause my nickname uh, from like the Frisbee team is buns. And so what if I just changed my name to buns? The username is available. Or like GTD buns. I thought about that too. Like just GTD underscore buns or something. I'm not going to lie. Like I went by jaw in, in college. I thought about being like GTD jaw. I don't know. Like I, I can't tell if that's like good or if that's like cringe. Like I'm no, I like, like, I like jaw. I no, like no, no. I know. I know. I like, I like the nickname, but I'm saying like trying to make that like my brand. Oh Maybe. yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's like, I don't know if I want to like, so I'm on, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm a bad person to ask. So like I'm on the same boat as you right now. I'm on the, I don't, I don't know. I need to ask like a social media specialist, bro. will be like, how should I do this? You know, I need to ask my buddies be like, Hey, would this be cool? Or would this be fucking dumb? <laughs> I think we could just like, it doesn't even have to be like GTD jaw. You know, we could just, I mean, just make it yeah. jaw. And then like, eventually, if, you know, if GTD yeah. continues growing, then we become our, our personas yeah. for GTD. Yeah. We'll see. It's, we'll see. It's, but uh, it's in the oven. It's in the yeah, oven. it's in the oven. Yeah, I may end up changing my name as well to just just buns. But uh, anyway, all right. That that's all we got really for intro stuff. Again, as always, check out our uh, network of podcasts over on gtdsports.com. Got four other kick-ass shows: Betting on the Rocks, Hockey Down Here, all that jazz. Um, Elijah, unexpected value is that coming out soon? 
Oh my god. Ugh. Uh, TBD. Hopefully, I've been meaning to just man. Forty hour work week is it's it's a lot of hours. You know, they kind of Adult, like bro, adulting. I I really thought I was like, dude, I'm gonna get all this money. I can do all these things, and it's just really like the only really thing you do is like go to work. And then I gotta take the dog on a walk, and then I gotta somehow make time for the gym. And then yeah. like at that point, I, all I want to do is just play Xbox for like two hours and go to bed. Yeah, I've been thinking about like, you know, life after college and whatnot. And I don't know how people do it, bro. I mean, not to be on some like existential shit, but like we really live in a society, bro. Like, <laughs> like we really live in a society. I'm just saying, yeah. man, like we all just go to work and then like we just have like a few hours to kill at home before we go to work the next day. Like, I don't know. It's just I'm not looking forward to that. That not oh, yeah. me. Oh no, it's 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 facts. It's very scary. And then like I'm looking at apartments right now in Austin and like a decent apartment in the area that I want to live in to have fun as a young person. I'm like, huh, that's gonna be like forty percent of my yearly salary is gonna be an apartment. Pretty expensive. Yeah. Because well, Austin's a bit more expensive than the rest of Texas, right? Yeah, but it's not like it's not like stupid, stupid. It's not like it's not like California. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, it's it's obviously Texas. Like the economy is yeah pretty baller, but um, so it's but it's just like, man, how am I supposed to save money for my future? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all it's all it's 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 a valid fear, and I think everyone should have it. Yeah, I'm telling you, we just got to get rich <laughs> on some dumb shit like NFTs, bro. Just just fine. I one. fucking hate NFTs, bro. <laughs> I think they're the dumbest shit ever. Dude, what? You're not with it, bro. You're not with the future. No. Literally everything is going to be an NFT soon. I'm one of those guys, bro. I'm one of those guys. I'll, I'll go hard on it. All right. Literally a play, your a ticket to a sports game is going to be an NFT sooner or later. Everything in our daily lives. Okay, we can we can save that for another day. <laughs> All right. I yeah. Let's, I can't, I NFTs are stupid. Let's get into actual sports. First, let's start out with our yeah. highlight and low light of the weekend. I'll let you go ahead and start us off. Okay, so my highlight is definitely the Texas Rangers new signings. I said on the show either last week or the week before that like free agency was starting and I was prepared to be let down again. Um, I was wrong, thank God. And we've signed Corey Seager for 10 years, 325 mil. Marcus Simeon for seven years. Was it 175 mil? Million? Yeah, seven years, 175 mil, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh, John Gray, four years, 56. He's a pitcher from Colorado. I looked at his career numbers. I wasn't too impressed, but I also had to be reminded of the fact that he played in Coors Field for a while. Which yeah, really we're in the whole dinger, dinger country. And uh, and he's got apparently got a lot of – potential so he's like they our fan base was like i've heard well, good things yeah yeah he's like got ace potential apparently which we've done with free agent signings in the years past and then another guy cole calhoun which is just um nothing to like like in years past we would have just gotten cole calhoun they would have been like hey we didn't get anthony rondone but we got cole calhoun and it's just like shut the fuck up. or like like last year our big addition was nate low and it's like really this is what we have to be excited about and I was ready for another one of those years because, like, the whole thing of, like, why we got this new stadium, we were, like, they were saying, like, oh, well, no free agents want to come to town because it's always hot and blah, blah, blah. And 
we built this new stadium two years with it, two off seasons going in with the new stadium. We haven't signed anybody. And I'm like, all right, why do we even have this? And then boom. Yeah. The most excited I've been in 10 years. Yeah, it seems like the Rangers actually remembered how to spend money again. And I'm hoping mm-hmm. that this is a trend that continues. I mean, maybe, who knows? Maybe they'll make a splash, sign one more big-name guy. I was Kershaw. thinking that – I was literally thinking, bro, we just need one one more pitcher, and I feel like we might actually be not as terrible. I mean, I don't want to say a playoff team, but I think that, like definitely on the right path if we sign one more yeah. solid pitcher. And I was really shocked about us signing – Seager, because I really thought we were going to sign Story because Story is from DFW. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that he might want to come home. But instead, we signed Seager, which I'm more than yeah, okay with. I was about with. to say, yeah, I'm more than okay with that. <laughs> That's who I probably wanted the most because I don't want Carlos Correa. Um, yeah, fuck that. And and we still might get Kershaw because Kershaw, again, is from DFW. So I didn't even think about Kershaw as a possibility. Yeah, because like yeah, who else other than you know Gray crazy. now? And who else – would be considered the Rangers ace. Is Kluber still there? No, Kluber's been gone. <laughs> Dude, I'm 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 Pitch lost the, on, on the, the yeah. pitching staff. I don't uh, know like have, any of the pitching staff. We have Dane Dunning. Bad. Um he's he's okay. He's still young. Um I mean we got Jack Leiter, but he's you know not on Jack Leiter, but he's team. yeah he's gonna be years away. But this what, but with all these signings too, it kind of tells me that they're ready to spend money because our farm can be in a position, or they feel good enough about our farm that they can be productive MLB players in like two to three years. You know, like I don't expect us to be good next year. We'll probably be somewhere around seventy to eighty wins. I don't, I don't expect playoffs year one. Oh, definitely. Signing. I mean, but if they can go from sixty wins to like eighty wins, I feel like that would be a pretty significant improvement. Yeah, very much so. Very yeah. much so. We'll definitely be better than last year, which is sick. So, yeah, it's just nice to have some potential and hope for the future. Yeah, now I have a reason to spend money on Ranger tickets other than to just spend even more money, obscene amounts of money on overpriced alcohol. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It used to just be an excuse to go see the stadium and get drunk. But now I might actually want to watch some baseball there. Hey, the tap is good. Dude, they, they have some good options. I mean, they, they got it's a nice stadium. It's a nice place. Yeah, it is. Um, and then low light is that. So I went down. My friend recommended some YouTube videos. Um, <laughs> and we all know how that turns out. I went down a rabbit hole of conspiracy theories about the NFL being rigged. And I can't get it out of my head. Like so, rigged and what's it? Rigged in favor of like, Vegas? Like, uh, yes, that and like for uh, TV ratings. TV ratings, like storylines. Um, some of the guys I watched, I'm like, this guy's an idiot. Um, but some of them, I was like, that kind of tracks. There was some where it was like tweets of, I think it was a Jalen Ramsey tweet. And it was like, the coach told us that we had to give this one to the Pats. But we wanted to get that for ourselves and we still couldn't get the dub. Referencing like the AFC Championship game, I mm-hmm. think. Which I don't even know if that's a real tweet or not. It totally could have been fake for the YouTube video. Um, and then like, but one of the thing too, he was like, there's even magnets in the, in the footballs for kicking balls. And so that's why I like, and like, I've been seeing hella goal goalpost hits and I'm just like, why is this? I, I don't believe in it, but it's just like in the back of my head now. And it's really annoying. I mean, if we want to talk about the NFL being rigged, we can talk about the fucking Seahawks game last night. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see the onside kick? 
No, I, I fell asleep. So it was 17-15. The Seahawks choked the two-point conversion. Russ threw right. an interception on it. And they had literally had – they got the onside kick. They got it. It was hype. I was like – because I had three units on the Seahawks money line. So I was hype. And then all of a sudden, flag, illegal formation. Bullshit, bro. Vegas made a house call. Vegas called him up, said yeah. throw the yellow piece of paper. Boom, done. Washington gets the win, and the public loses yet again. Oh, that was another one of the, the things in the videos that, like, players will sometimes do that. Remember the Cowboys come back last year against the Falcons? Yeah. Their onside kick when the guy was just, like, literally standing over the ball. Yeah. That was one of them. That was one of the examples. And then one of, one of them was, like, Cam in the Super Bowl. When he got strip-sacked, he was, like, going for the ball, and then he, like, completely ran the other way, which was kind of sketch. And then – but I will say, though – is as much as I think the NFL has to gain from being rigged, I think they have more to lose from rigging their games because, like, it would completely trash the integrity and, like, I think people would be definitely out if they if they found out it was fake. So I I mean it's always fun to cons- like you know, cons- yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Conspirize, conspirize against entertain the idea. Yeah, it's always nice to entertain the idea, but like realistically i think it would just it would almost be harder for them to rig it nah i think it'd be pretty easy i don't i don't know dude like i mean and you also think about it from like the player's perspective like this is their dream this is like what they've been trying to do as a kid you think they're just going to come in like be like oh okay yep i'll do what you say i mean apparently they make him sign nda agreements these guys also get paid millions of dollars I mean, yeah. Honestly, if you ask, like, it's their dream as a kid to play in the NFL, but you know what's your dream when you're an adult? Make fucking money. I don't know, man. I think it's just, it's a reach. I think it's a reach. It's It's, it's fun to talk about, especially, like, you know, whenever I lost my bet last night, I was like, oh, it's fucking rigged, obviously. Like, there's no way. Right. All right. Anyway, though, uh, my highlight of the weekend, I'm sticking with uh, NFL. This probably was the best NFL Sunday in my entire life as a Bengals fan. We Mm. absolutely sclounced the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was embarrassing. It was 31 to three at halftime game finished 41 to 10. We dropped 41 points on, you know, a a relatively good defense. I'm, I'm ecstatic. I mean, I was nervous, you know, Bengals dropped two in a row, lost to the fucking jets. But we bounced back with a 19-point win against the Raiders and now a 31-point win against the Steelers. I was talking about the Bengals being playoff contenders. I think the Bengals legitimately have a shot of contending for the first-round bye in the playoffs. I mean, they're, the Ravens are 8-3, and three, and they are not an 8-3 and three team. I don't know how the fuck they've maintained that record, how they've pulled out some of these games. Like four interceptions against the Browns and you still win. They're yeah. not the number one seed. The AFC is wide open right now for AFC's anybody. And I think it's actually going to be the Patriots, though. Mm-hmm. But that we'll get into that. We'll get into that in a second. Um, but, yeah, that was definitely my highlight was the Bengals. And then my low light was kind of outside. This is more personal. I realized, you know, I'm in, so I'm in college, and I got finals week coming up, and I realized it's in, like, 10 days, and I'm kind of in my, like, holy shit. Like, all right. <laughs> The semester's almost over type of mode. So it's that, terrible. It's not a good On feeling. championship week, too. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Championship week, bro. I got grad school applications I got to finish this week. Like, yeah, everything's happening all at once. 
You know what's actually, I'm going to add a second low light, is I realized today that there's going to be no more college home games. So no more college fans to be excited about and watch on TV and call it college game day environments and stuff. I mean, that's true. Yeah. But there, there's going to be for the year. There's, I mean, there's still like crazy the, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying like, games. but I like seeing them at the stadium. Like there's, it's one thing to see like Bama fans. It's another thing to see or Bama fans at like the SEC championship, but it's another to see Bama fans in Tuscaloosa. Like I mean, it is Michigan, Michigan fans at the big house. You know oh, my mean? God, bro. The big house this weekend was yeah. rocking, bro. Oh, my God. I would have given anything to go to that game. That looks insane. Right. I would right, give anything to bet Michigan instead of Ohio State like I did. Oh, I bet on Michigan. You know, you know, you know. Smart for you. Let's get that reverse line movement, baby. That reverse line movement. All right. Let's, good call. let's, uh, let's go ahead and just keep talking about college football. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull up. The rankings. Let's see, and we'll get to to head coaches in a moment. Yeah, we're gonna first talk about the rankings a little bit. Oh, actually, I need to. What is that? Looks like I don't know. It is ugly right now. Oh, all right. We're having technical difficulties. Ah, All right, there we go. I think that's better. That should fix it to an extent. There we go. I don't know why we're still down here though. It's fine. There we go. All right. Boom. So new college football playoff rankings came out. Um, There's really, I mean, nothing too surprising. I mean, I I totally understand Michigan jumping up to number two. I think that one is pretty obvious. Cincinnati staying at four. I agree. Alabama at number three. I mean, you really can't argue with the top four. Yeah. I, I, dude, I think Bama is going to get clapped by Georgia. I do too, but I'm also deathly terrified to bet on Georgia minus six and a half. Like I was, I was just about to ask the spread at six and a half. I, when I checked, um, oh and that was like two days. So that was like Sunday or Monday. Um, so that was the early line. I don't know if it's moved at all. Uh, but yeah, so like I don't know. Like part of me was like, damn, Georgia puts minus. I was like, Georgia's definitely gonna clap them, and I was like. How the fuck can I not take Bama plus six and a half? So, uh, yeah, uh, Bama plus odds, that's so hard to pass up on. Because, I mean, that's yeah. true. Bama might just play them super close, which is very, very possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about Oklahoma State at five after Bedlam? I like it because it gives them the go-ahead. Like, yeah, if they win and Bama month. loses, they're in. I do. it's actually worked out so perfectly, though. To where, because we were talking about this a few weeks ago, like Cincinnati's probably going to get screwed, but it's it's actually worked out perfectly. Like they yeah. they have the opportunity to get in. All that needs to happen is Alabama loses. Unless, but oh my god, bro! Unless, unless Bama wins, Georgia's still in. They've done enough to be still be in. Oklahoma State beats Baylor, and they consider everything, and they decide to put Oklahoma State. Over Cincinnati. Okay, so here's a scenario. Yeah, okay, so I guess in that same scenario, if Bama beats Georgia, right, they're obviously both going to be in. Mm-hmm. Michigan, assuming they win the Big Ten title, which should be a pretty easy game for them, do you think Cincinnati or Oklahoma State should have the four spot? If Oklahoma State wins the Big 12 too? That's so tough. That's so fucking tough, dude. That's like so I tough. don't, I don't know what I like, do. Because I mean, I'm a big Big Twelve guy, 
But yeah. Cincinnati, I've been preaching them all year that, you know, they deserve a shot. They're undefeated. They've proven it. Right. <sighs> I think the committee like, would take them out. I think so, too. Yeah, I think, I think they think would. The, the committee would probably uh, do that. Plus, they really like Baylor um, for some reason. They, they, they're really big on Baylor. Even with yeah, what losses. happens if Baylor wins this game? Then, then what happens? Um, if Baylor wins this game and Alabama loses, does that mean Notre Dame is in? That's I what that I was just Notre about Dame to say. Like, I think there is actually still a path for Notre Dame to get in. Baylor beats Oklahoma crazy State because Brian Kelly just left. Yeah, yeah, dude. Imagine he would probably be so salty, bro. He leaves and they actually get the playoffs. I think that would actually be pretty funny. I do too. I think it would be hilarious. He probably wouldn't care. He's like, we're gonna get clapped anyway, like we do every year in the in the in the semifinal. Yeah, I mean that him leaving Notre Dame to me, because I mean he's like a legend there. He's been there for so long. Uh, he yeah, had a pretty storied career, and the fact that he just left like that, and I know he got got a fat paycheck, but otherwise he wouldn't have even considered it. But it just it for to me that tells me that he doesn't believe Notre Dame can win national championships. Like he's right. basically like, I can't, I can't get it done here. I gotta go, gotta go do it at LSU. Gotta go to a different powerhouse program. Like, because I mean, it, it's true. I don't think Notre Dame can, and I don't think they'll ever be able to compete for national titles until they join a damn conference. I'm sick of their stubbornness of being independent. Like, literally, if they were in the ACC right now, they'd probably be number four. They'd probably be ranked number four. Yeah, and they would have probably ran the table in the ACC this year too. Ex- exactly, because they're basically an ACC team. I mean, yeah, they have been a couple. They weren't this year, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Actually, they didn't play as many this year. Yeah, but usually they, they schedule really a shit ton of ACC teams. Yeah, in years past, they have. Last year, they were they were in the ACC championship game. No, they weren't. Just, remember, they played Clemson. Well, that wasn't the championship game. That wasn't. Nah, ACC championship. No, game they was, no, uh, no. They played Clemson twice, dude. Last year, because they played really? them once with. Yes. I swear to God, because I remember I bet on uh, Notre Dame plus 10 and a half and Clemson beat the shit out of them. Let's see, 2020 ACC championship game. All right. Um, what the fuck? Okay, Clemson, Notre Dame. I told oh, you. okay. I know why. I know why. It's because they of COVID. It. Yeah. The COVID. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. You're right. That tripped me out for a second. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, yeah, okay. That makes yeah, you're right. So but they're not in a conference now. That was just a one year type thing. Yeah. But shouldn't anyway, I, I still think it's crazy that there's definitely a path for them if both uh Bama and Oklahoma State lose, that they they're probably number four, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Pac twelve is out no matter what. Mm-hmm. Oregon, Utah, they're so both too. out of there. And and the crazy thing is though is that I can definitely see Oklahoma State dropping the ball against Baylor. I could too. I, I think Baylor I think Baylor's gonna be up for this game a little bit more than Oklahoma State. Cause Oklahoma State, I mean I mean, it's of course they're gonna play, it's a big game, but like this has kind of been their expectation all season is like we beat Oklahoma, we make the Big 12 championship game. It's like, well, they, right. they accomplished their first big goal, but Baylor had Zero expectations of this whatsoever coming into the beginning of the season. So it's going to be huge for him. Yeah, I might bet on Baylor with the spread. I might um, too, actually. I think Baylor can keep I it I think close. it's five and a half. Oh, Last really? I it was five and a half. 
I like that a lot. They only lost by uh, 14 the first time they played as well. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State. Game, though. Let's see. Uh, OU game was the first time Oklahoma State lost against the spread. Yeah. Well, so it, it depends because I know some – it was minus four and a half, but then for some books it closed at minus four. So, okay, like, for so some it was a that. push. You can look at that as a push. So – Basically undefeated, I would say. Yeah, there's, there's Oklahoma State is the most profitable team in the country to bet on this year. Mm-hmm. They've Which had a really good record. Honestly, good, yeah, good point. It's, I feel like the public's probably going to be all over Oklahoma State. I think yeah. Oklahoma State's going to win the game. I do too. Baylor can definitely shake it up a little bit. I, yeah, I think I think Baylor's going to give them some trouble. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, something's telling me, like, man, because like Bedlam was such an emotional game. It was a crazy comeback. Uh, I mean, like, you know, again, they beat their rival, which is basically like maybe even bigger. Would it be bigger for Oklahoma State to be Oklahoma or Michigan to be Ohio State? I think it's bigger for Michigan to beat Ohio State. But I'm talking about for the school, not on, an, on a national scale. Obviously, Michigan, Ohio State, but I'm talking about what it means to that school. I I think I still, you think, still Michigan. think Michigan, it's, Ohio State. I mean, there's a reason it's called the game. Like it is right. It is the prime. I think out of any college rivalry, Ohio State and Michigan probably has the most true, like pure hatred involved in it. Uh, yeah, I, but here's here's my argument for Oklahoma State in this if it means more to them because Michigan and Ohio State is kind of uh, a little bit even I think Ohio State has the edge but it's not like a blowout they've I mean they've won nine straight years nine straight years I mean but recently but I'm talking about historically speaking yeah historically you're right they're both I mean they're both blue blood perennial powerhouse programs correct me if I'm wrong look it up but I think Michigan might have the edge historically a slight edge I might be stupid, but I think Ohio State does, but I don't know. Oh, wait. Okay. Okay. Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Michigan leads the all time series 59 to 52 with six ties. And they just won their first game since 2011. And also, Jim Harbaugh is now one and five against Ohio State. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Oklahoma State is like 90 and 18 against OU. 90 and 18. Wait. Okay. Hold on. All 19-18? Mm-hmm. I think they're. Oh, you mean Oklahoma now. leads it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I see. I see what you're saying in terms of like, it's more that, rare to that, happen. Yeah. What that win meant? Yeah. I. I don't know. That's hard to say because again, I think that's just the culture, the school culture as well. In both Ohio State, Michigan, Oklahoma, like. It's going to mean a lot to the students because, like, that's the biggest rivalry. I don't know. That's hard to say. I would probably, if I had to pick a side between, like, the Bedlam game and, and the game, I'm probably going to say the game still just because, like, I don't know how to put it into words, really. It's hard. It's one of those things that's hard to describe, but it's just I, – I would use the term clean old-fashioned hate, but that's literally the promo for the Georgia-Georgia Tech rivalry. So Yeah. But, I mean, it is. Like, it is just clean old-fashioned hate. Like, they, these guys don't like each other. Would One of my favorite that... traditions is like how they cross out. They put an X over every M for the week before the game at Ohio State. Oh, really? Yeah, like they just put a red X over everything that has an M. Every street sign, every class sign, 
everything. They, they cross out the M's. I didn't know that. Um, would you say that the game is the best rivalry rivalry week game in college football? Rivalry, yeah. I think I think if we're talking best college football rivalry, like across the board, I would say Michigan Ohio State is number one, and number two is probably OU in Texas, right behind them. I think, yeah. The only thing is they three, they don't play on rivalry week. They always play like week four or five at the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Which is but, still electric, but I mean, yeah. And I think Bama LSU deserves an honorable mention, even though they don't play during rivalry week, because the Iron Bowl is then, um, which is crazy, which is also another really good one. Uh, yeah, Auburn Alabama could be. I think Auburn Alabama would be above Auburn LSU. Auburn Alabama might be number three rivalry. Yeah, you might be right. Probably up there right. as well. Probably just because. The Texas and the Texas A&M one used to be one of the best, but I know I want that to be I want that to be brought back, which it will in the SEC. It's the only yeah. good thing that's going to come out of that. It will, yeah. Um, which, oh, dude, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to get into it. Honestly, Let, you want to go ahead and talk about some of these coaches? Yeah, let's do it. Because yeah, like just talking about the SEC, the Texas move, Oklahoma move. I want to start though with Oklahoma. You know, we Steve Sarkeesian at Texas, that's that's a situation in of itself. We got Longhorn fans already calling for a $20 million buyout, which is absurd. Insane. Yeah, absurd. It's just stupid. But sure. Oklahoma, though, they Lincoln Riley just dropped a nuke on Oklahoma and just walked away, just like nothing ever happened. He and it's so ironic. So if you don't know, for those listening, Oklahoma left. Or, I mean, Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma to become the new head coach at USC on a ridiculous contract. He's signing the 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 length isn't specified yet, but it's a hundred and ten million dollar deal. The university is buying his house in Norman for an additional five hundred thousand than it than it was over market. Yeah, over market. Um, they're also buying him a six million dollar home in LA. They're giving him uh, full access to a private jet. Like this man has it made. He's gonna be living on a beach, bro. Like, imagine at first my thought process was why the fuck would you leave Oklahoma? It's one of the best jobs in the country. You've won four straight Big 12 titles as their head coach. You've had three Heisman winning quarterbacks. You have one of the best recruiting classes in the country. It didn't make sense to me until I thought about his personal life. (laughs) And I was like, well. That actually would be a kick-ass deal. I mean, I would much rather live in L.A. than fucking Norman. And also, if he goes on to restore USC, who's been down in the dumps the past few years, he will be a, a bigger God. legend. Yeah, he'll be one of the, the one of the best in the country if he does that. He'll be revered as a legend. So I actually, at first, I disagreed with it. But the more I think about it, I think this is a great move for Lincoln himself. But he fucked over Oklahoma heavy. Yeah, I was blindsided by this. So it's always yeah. exciting when you get some blind, like when you're just blindsided by like breaking news. Because um, there was like no inklings of this whatsoever. Like usually, like there's some rumors like, oh, USC's looking for, for, I don't know. Like if, if, if it came out with Urban Meyer, we'd be like, oh, shit really happened. Like whatever. Like damn, like a lot of people speculated, whatever, but whatever. But, like nobody was talking about Lincoln Riley to USC. Yeah. It happened, which was just crazy. Um, and then, but the number one takeaway I have from this is that Lincoln Riley looked at OU, looked what he's done with the Big 12, and knew that he was going to the SEC in a couple of years. And he said, 
fuck that. <laughs> yeah, he's scared, bro. He said, I'm not fucking going. I'm not going. He's like, I'm not, I'm not tarnishing my record. I'm not putting up with that bullshit. I'm not gonna, I don't want to play AM and Alabama every year. Like, I don't have, you know, because let's face it, in the Big 12, OU's better than everyone else by a long shot. Yeah. By a long it's, I mean, Texas is usually their toughest game. Oklahoma State as well, usually their toughest game. But again, as we just saw from their record, 90 and 19 all time. Jeez. Like right. they're dominating those games. Yeah, they're, they're, it's it's a non-issue for them. Um, and he's like, man, go to the SEC, go eight and four every year, and then maybe every once in a while I'll get a 10-win season in the SEC. Fuck that. I can go to the I can go to the USC, secure the bag, live on the beach. And run the Pac-12. Yeah, I me? think I think he actually, and I I am a big USC hater. I really really hate USC. I think they're one of the most overrated programs year in and year out, just because of their historic greatness. But look, I what they're not when when they talk about like jobs, USC is considered one of the top jobs because they can offer what they did. I I know. I mean, I know. Okay, like I know we we like. Having that same type of hatred towards Nebraska is warranted because Nebraska could never offer that, right? But USC, I mean, it still has, yeah, it has the history. They've been kind of down for some in in years past, but like that's still a top job. It's still LA. It's still the USC. I mean, it still has the potential to completely dominate the Pac-12. Is they just get the right guy at the helm? I mean, I'm not, I'm not arguing that. I mean, I, I agree. I just, what I was going to say is like, historically I've been like a USC hater, but I will admit if anybody in the PAC 12 has an opportunity to just kind of rise from the ashes and run that shit, it's USC. Like it's either oh, yeah. USC or Oregon and Oregon has had their chances. It, like this year was probably their best of any recently. It's probably since the Chip Kelly era and they blew it. They blew it. The PAC 12 has a bad habit of beating up on itself. Because the fact of the matter is, most of the teams just aren't that good. They're pretty close in skill level. Uh, like it, at Oregon as their best team isn't much to be bragging about in ter- like in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, Lincoln Riley could definitely turn USC around. I mean, he's you got you got to admit he's one of the best coaches probably in the country. I know he was kind of handed everything on a silver platter at Oklahoma, but he took it and he ran with it. And he, I mean, he led them to three yeah. playoff appearances four conference titles, like you name it. He did it at Oklahoma. Two Heismans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, his accolades are insane. And, but I do think though, like you said, I think he's just scared. I think he's kind of being a pussy. He's scared of the sec. He doesn't want to get sclounced on. It, it is a good opportunity. I would for say, him, you think he's a pussy for it? I wouldn't go as far as calling him a pussy. I think he was just like, I don't want to do that. No, nah, I'm just, know. I'm just poking fun at him. I think. Just, I, yeah. I, just I, talking I, shit. Yeah. I think it was the best move for him. It was the right move, but. I don't know. I think that that's it's fun to say. Like he's just he just left because he didn't want to coach yeah. in the SEC. It's kind of crazy. A bunch of OU recruits have been falling out. There's also rumors. So Spencer Rattler's going to transfer. But we already knew that was going to happen. Yeah, it's all bound this. to happen. Yeah. Um. But apparently, there's a rumor that Caleb Williams might transfer to USC. I'm hearing this too, and I love it. I think it. I think it's going to happen. I think I that really would be do. hilarious. Caleb Williams tweeted something super nonchalant, like. Uh, like basically saying like, I'm not going to comment on any rumors. I'm just focused on the sooner nation. Love you guys. Hashtag boomer. It was like, all right, bro, you're fucking leaving. Like you're, you're out of there. Cause I don't know. 
too. Lincoln Riley also has gotten clowned on social media for this. So whenever Gary Patterson got fired from TCU, he went on this whole spiel yeah, about he loyalty. To, he was mad. Yeah, he was like, I just he was like, it rubs me the wrong way seeing a university just show no loyalty to a man that has just done so much for them. And and then meanwhile, and he's talking about how like they should have get let him finish the season. And meanwhile, he just gives Oklahoma a, a fucking like a one day notice and he just bounces like like that. Nothing. No rumors, nothing. And now he's bringing a few coaches with him. Like they've lost a few pretty I think they lost their defensive coordinator already, a few assistant coaches. And you mentioned their recruits. They're losing recruits out the ass right now. They've lost That's multiple five star, multiple four star recruits. Oklahoma is imploding and I love it. I love seeing this. They haven't struggled in so long. Yeah, it's their first head coaching shirts search since 1999. That's nuts, actually. Found Bob Stoops, so just crazy. Which they might hire his brother Mark Stoops, which I think would be a decent hire for them. He's turned Kentucky around. um, Stoops just signed a 10-year extension at Kentucky. Oh, really? Yeah, like literally, like just a couple hours ago. Well, yeah. I think I have a conspiracy. So we've talked about conspiracy at the beginning. Maybe this is a conspiracy type episode. So uh, Oklahoma brought on Bob Stoops to be their interim head coach for the bowl game. And I have a conspiracy that this is just, this is all a sneaky ploy to get Bob Stoops back as head coach of Oklahoma. They're going to find a way. I know he had some, you know, maybe some health issues and whatnot. He's getting, a little older, but I feel like he wants to come back. He's had his few years of retirement, and if he comes back, he'll be an even bigger legend in Norman. Sooners already love that man; like he is, he is their Jesus in Norman. And if he came back, I think it would it would be huge. I think it could happen. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I could see him coming back. Honestly, I mean, there's been, I mean, I don't know. I could definitely list a couple names that coaches have come back after health concerns. Like Mac Brown was a guy that kind of retired and then came back. Um, Urban Meyer, of course, very famously has came back like three times. Um, What are some other names? Yeah, Mac Brown Uh, worked out really well. I mean, Mac Brown, like he, he took UNC, built him into a top 25 team whenever he came back. So it's not like it's impossible to come out of retirement. No. And Mac Brown's old as shit. Um, <laughs> so Bob Stoops could do it. And I mean, of course he knows everything about OU. He yeah, been there for a very long time. So, uh, I'd be down for it. I think it would be, I think it'd be a decent hire. Um, I, cause I don't know where they would go at this point. Like they yeah, haven't, they, cause they weren't, they weren't prepared to be on the head coaching search. Yeah. And I mean, every, was- like almost every major head coaching candidate has been swooped up. But yeah, Billy Billy Napier went to Florida. Yeah, um, you know who hasn't been sweeped up? Our boy G Pat Gary Patterson. He's still on the market. He said he wants to keep coaching. I don't. I don't know. Also, Ed Orgeron still on the market. Doubt he's going to get a job though. Yeah, I'll probably take a year off. I can yeah, see him taking a year off and then landing. I don't even know where he would go. I th- yeah, I think Coach O is definitely going to take a year off probably. Probably be smart, but Gary Patterson, man, I don't. Hey, I don't know. That wouldn't. I think he's he's definitely still good enough to coach somewhere. Like, it, it just didn't work out. I I highly doubt. Oh, you would hire him. I do too. I don't think. I don't even think you would want to 
go to OU. There's been rumors of him becoming like Texas's defensive coordinator and stuff like that. That would be a bummer as well. I could definitely see him moving into a DC role. Oh, true. But I don't know. We'll see what happens with old Gary. But another For big Gary. hire. What? Oh, I just want to say this one thing about Gary. I just hope that he goes to a group of five school to be a head coach. That way I can root for that group of five school. Yeah, same. Honestly, I'd be okay with that. I, I think he might, like, there is, like, a possibility of him ending up, like, at, as defense coordinator at Kansas State, his alma mater, something like that. Which oh, true. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Like, it would be weird because we have to play Gary every year. But, I mean, yeah, that would still be a good story for him, at least, to go to his alma mater. But All right, continue. Yeah, next up, another big coaching hire. We got Brian Kelly going to LSU. This one was kind of another bomb that just came yeah. out of nowhere. Um, how do how do you feel about this one? Yeah, I mean, like pretty much just the same, like same way I felt about Riley. You know what I mean? I was just like, yeah, because it was also just out of nowhere, like RKO. Watch out! Watch you out! Watch I mean? out! Watch out! Watch out! Yeah, you know. So, damn. Just I I think he hit the nail on the head though when you said it earlier in the episode that like he made this move because he didn't feel confident that Notre Dame could win a national championship. I don't, for, I don't think they can. for whatever reason that may be. And I think that's because I don't know. Maybe the area or I don't know what it would be. I think it's really weird that you're seeing these head coaches move from like very, very sought after jobs to slightly better jobs yeah of course it's like there's a big gap reached the pinnacle it's, of course there's a big gap because like when you sit when you think OU is OU a top five job is it a top seven job i don't know it's it would be hard to rank them too because honestly i would as much as i hate notre dame i would say notre dame is a better job than lsu like and it's very close it is very very close uh, I think no. just because of the history, the prestige, the 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 strong recruiting ties, like Notre Dame dominates their their recruiting pipeline. Like they they do. That's true. That's true. That that's actually a really tough argue. Is like, is Notre Dame a better job than LSU? But I think Brian Kelly answered that for us. Yeah, I, that's true. Also, I guess he might have just answered that question by leaving. Yeah. Um. But, like, I think it's crazy that coaches are going from, like, a top 10 job to a top 8 job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you, someone could say, oh, you was the top 7. Lincoln Riley just went to a top 5. Yeah, Brian USC Kelly, is definitely up there. Brian Kelly was at a top 10 job. He went to a top 8 job. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, that's that's wild to me. Yeah, I don't I don't know how Kelly's going to work out at, at USC. I mean, again, like I said, I'm, I'm a big Notre Dame hater. I really... Maybe it was just Notre Dame, but I don't know. Uh, it, it's hard to put the blame on like everything on Brian Kelly, but I mean, if they are anything like his team at Notre Dame, LSU is just going to choke every bowl game. They're going to choke every SEC championship game. Like, they're just not going to get it done postseason. Yeah, I looked at his record, or I looked at his like career today. He's six and five in bowl games. Really? I, I feel like it would be worse. Six and or is either six and five or five and six, whatever. Um, and then 0 and 2 for tournaments, which is the CFP. Um, but he had two cha- uh, D2 championships at Grand Valley State, um, 20 years I ago. Didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I looked at his Wikipedia page. page today. That's the only reason why I know. But man, it's gonna be really interesting to see how he plays out. Um, to see how you recruit in the area. I did see some funny tweets about like, 
um, it was like a reaction face of like Brian Kelly's face, like being super red. It's like Brian Kelly when he tries Mama, Mama's gumbo south of the I-10. <laughs> <laughs> So I I don't know. We'll see how that that fit plays out. Uh, yeah, people it'll like be it'll about. be something to look at too. Because LSU also they're going after Notre Dame's defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman, and Brian Kelly was reported that he wants Marcus Freeman to be the highest paid defensive coordinator in football. So he wants LSU to get the his defensive coordinator and the Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. So. I don't. This is one thing that I don't really understand. I, I don't understand hiring the complete. I mean, because obviously in football, head coach, offense coordinator, and defense coordinator, those are the big three, right? Those are the most right. important. And I, I just don't get taking the exact same regime from Notre Dame and just copy and pasting it at LSU and just expecting it all to work out differently, as if it won't be the same schemes, the same you know game plan that was getting beat. Over, right. up in Notre Dame. I agree with you, and that argument would definitely fly in the NFL, but I think in college it's different because recruiting is is just that's true. Yeah, extremely that, different on, on the way geographic better. level. Yeah, yeah. So LSU LSU has the ability to just get better recruits. Um, that is a whole nother beast too. Just comparing yeah. like the NFL and, and college football. If I was a coach, so, I'd want to go to the NFL just so I didn't have to deal with recruiting. Jesus, that would be exhausting. Yeah. Like, well, ugh, constant, but tell that to Saban. Yeah. Alrighty. Next big coach move. This one affects us personally. Sonny Dykes is the new head coach at TCU. It was finally officially announced yesterday uh, after a long awaited uh, rumors and everything going on that he was coming. We've known for a while he was coming, but it's official now. Sonny Dykes, new TCU head coach. I feel really, really good about this. Uh, I, I honestly probably would have preferred Billy Napier, but I'm totally okay with Dykes because Dykes is bringing in a kick-ass staff with him. There's been a ton of rumors going around. Nothing is super official yet, but one for sure is we got Rashad Samples. He was the running back coach and assistant at SMU, who is considered one of the best young recruiters in college football right now. Players really love him. Um, they also signed a few other specialists as well. And now there's rumor that they're getting the co-defensive coordinator from Georgia. I forget his name, oh. but he has four national titles to his name. And I'm ecstatic. It seems like they're, they're building a Hall of Fame coaching staff here in Fort Worth right now. It's electric. The players seem to be buying in. I'm loving it. What do you think? Well, Zach Evans didn't buy it in because he immediately transferred. Well, um, actually, Sonny, Sonny today in his press conference said that he's been uh, speaking with Zach Evans and trying to get him to stay. And also, Zach Evans today tweeted, I don't understand the context of some athletes' tweets sometimes. They're just the most random thing. But he just tweeted a fingers crossed emoji and then at Sonny Dykes. So it was like, maybe that's a fingers crossed this works out. I don't know. Like, I don't know ooh. what that means. I'd be but, happy with that. Zach Evans is fucking good at football. Yeah, he so. is very, very good at football. If DC <laughs> um, should maintain him, that'd be huge. Yeah, that would be very huge. I feel lukewarm about it, uh, but I, I, slightly positive. I just hope. I don't know. It still feels weird without G Pat. It does, um, yeah. But maybe this will be something good. SMU kind of faded down the stretch, but I did read somewhere that um, maybe his potential 
Sonny Dykes' potential exit kind of hampered that team a little bit down the down the stretch. Um, as a reason why they, oh, they yeah. haven't been playing yeah. as good. Yeah. There, I mean, it, it seems like based on the way, um, like in the last 24 hours since we announced Sonny Dykes, TCU has flipped like multiple SMU recruits, and they've also now signed multiple four-star recruits. Like it's literally in the last day, TCU has gone from like the 50-something ranked recruiting class in the country to like 25th. Like it, it's absurd. The Sonny Dykes effect right, is already. Yeah. yeah. That already makes me feel a lot better about it. Cause like, I feel like our program has needed a jolt. Yes. Something. Um, and I yeah. think so. So Sonny Dykes is definitely, is, is it, sound, it sounds like he's bringing that. So that's good. Yeah. But, what I, yeah. I hope I want him to run the air raid, dude. I want, I want TCU to just be an offensive powerhouse, bro. We need to switch it up. You know, we've been a defensive first team forever. I'm ready to. I'm ready for the electric offense. Let's go back to the Big Twelve glory days to just air it out and pray. Let's do it. Yeah, I'd be down. I think I am nervous though. I'm excited because like he has the DFW recruiting ties. He's been here. He knows the area. He knows. He knows the high schools. He knows how to get good. I mean, and SMU's recruiting has been killing it. They really have. Like Mm -hmm. they've been pulling in, especially their transfers, bro. Like Shane Bouchelle, Tanner Mordecai. They're getting big name quarterback transfers. So if we could get some transfers too, that would be sick. But yeah, well, I'm still big on our boy Chandler Morris. Honestly, me too. Yeah, me too. I I'm also I don't know what to think because like so Duggan has two years left of eligibility. Chandler wow. Morris has four years left of eligibility, and then also TCU. He hasn't been talked about much, but Sam Jackson, our third string, we brought him in as a recruit last year as a four star dual threat quarterback. He could be like the next Trayvon Boykin. He is kid looks like a beast the only thing is i don't know if he's ever going to get his opportunity here it's one of those things but did you see uh sunny dykes welcome to tcu yeah i saw a little bit he flew in on the he flew in on the frog copter which is kind of funny that was pretty sick dude i went to it so i was i was at the stadium and like i was literally talking to my friends i was like you know what'd be really sick is if they flew him in and landed on the field and they fucking did it and i was like yes it was so cool. Yeah, um, on the on the fifty yard line. Yeah, it made Lincoln Riley's welcome look like shit because he literally just got off a plane and shook the athletic director's hand, and that was that. Like nobody was there waiting for him. Nobody was there to celebrate. Nothing. It was just very nonchalant. Oh, Lincoln and Riley don't give a shit. We do it different, <laughs> different down here in the south, buddy. Yeah, but nah. So excited for frog uh, future of the frogs. Yeah, it's it's um, definitely time for a shift. Now, so how do you feel about Billy Napier in Florida now that he signed his deal? It's a very interesting pairing. Um, I actually really like the move from Florida's standpoint because they, you know they're, they're moving on from Dan Mullen, who was a pretty defensive coach, except for you know whenever the Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts era. Of course, you're gonna ride with your offense whenever you have those guys. But other than that, Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen- wasn't what? Dan Mullen the offensive coordinator at Florida in the Urban Meyer days when they won the championship with Tim Tebow? I'm pretty sure he was defense coordinator. It's a good fact check. That was a fucking fact. Dan Mullen coaching timeline. Good fact check. Oh, yeah. Offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. All right. Well, fuck Bang. me. Bang. Yep. Bang. Fuck you. Anyway. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a, it's a it's a good shift for Florida, though. Um, Billy Napier, he doesn't, he already, he revived, 
Louisiana, right? Like he built them from a no name to a, like we see right here on this list, they're top 25 now. Yeah, revived. He made them. Yeah, literally, yeah, he did make their program. Um, so it's going to be a different challenge for him because Florida is, you know, Florida. So it'll be interesting to see how he transitions into the SEC going from the fucking American co- athlete. No, what is it? What is Louisiana in? They're in the Sun Belt, right? CUSA? Conference USA. Yeah, Conference USA. It, I, th- I think it is Conference USA, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'll definitely a big transition though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it was the right move for them to go this route instead of what they did with Dan Mullen. It's a little bit of a pivot with Dan Mullen. They were hiring another SEC coach with one of the because I mean Dan Mullen did great things at Mississippi State. I mean he took them number one overall for a little bit there with Dak Prescott uh, all those years ago, um, and then he just couldn't get it done because like when you're in Mississippi State and you're up against the big dogs, you. you there's a limit. And yeah. so they, they went with him. And so they decided to go an alternate route and went with a guy who straight up built Louisiana and a group of five school and decided to bring him on. Um, so which I think is very interesting, very interesting to see how this pans out. Bit of a gamble because yeah, because Florida really hasn't had it since urban Meyer. You're right. Yeah. Since urban left, they, they need something to get over that hump. They've been close too, like they were with Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts, but they just need something. And I think this might be like, you know, the right kind of dart throw to to change for the better. But it also could crash and burn heavily. Like it, it literally could just be one of those things where Napier's not cut out for the big leagues. You never know with these group yeah. of five guys sometimes. I mean, look at Scott Frost. I think he's done pitiful in Nebraska. Well, even Scott they Frost, okay, they were know. they were a covering machine. They were an against the spread machine, but like yeah, I think I think we might be letting because they made us so they made us a bunch of money this year. We have a little <laughs> yeah, bit of a different really opinion, did. but the record was still three and nine, which is dog shit. And then yeah. they could also be you know one of the three last FSU head coaches, um, which have all <laughs> yeah. been from Power Five schools. So there's that. Um, yeah, wow. So it it could. It could really go either way. It could either go really well or really bad, which is pretty much the moral of the story in college football. Yeah, I mean, I think out of any year, though, this year, like, this has been one of the, at least in recent years that I can remember, this has been one of, like, the biggest coaching landscape changes in a while. Like, it's it's everywhere. Everybody's changing coaches. Everybody's leaving. Everybody's changing. It's, it's chaos right now. I agree. I agree. Like, next up, too, last one, last of the major ones we have to talk about is uh, – Brent Pry, the defense coordinator from Penn State, going to Virginia Tech. Uh, what do you think about that one? Um, not too much to say. I just, you know, it's just one of the other, probably the last big, is that the last big job now? Besides OU, obviously, in Notre Dame after the departures there. Yeah, OU but, and Notre uh, Dame are really the only big two left open. So unless, so just, unless uh, Man, you know, Manny Diaz at Miami ends up taking one of those jobs and he leaves Miami. And that would be open as well. I don't well. think anybody would be hiring him. I don't think so either. Yeah, there, there's just been talks <laughs> about him leaving. So, like, I, I wouldn't hire him personally. <laughs> oh, God, no. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how this turns out. It's interesting. It's finally, like, um, a defensive coordinator hire, not a head coach hire, which or a coordinator hire instead of, like, a former head coach. So, I think he's a first-time head coach. We'll see how it pans out. Yeah, one of the few coordinators to head coaching changes – it's kind of weird to think with like all the changes, uh, only one of them really has been a coordinator. Yeah. Really, that's mostly how it's been. Like off the top of my head, really the only guy, prominent guy that I could think of would be Kirby Smart at Georgia. Yeah, 
Yeah. Or Sark. I guess Sark, but Sark was a head coach before he was the OC at uh I mean Sark coached at um USC before he was the offensive coordinator at Bama. So I mean most I feel like the majority of head coaches started out as OCs. Like I mean, even Gary Patterson started out as a DC. Right, right, right. But I'm just saying like from jump to jump, from like to big flagship program, I'm saying like Kirby Smart wasn't really a head coach at a major program or like a group of five program even when he got hired at Georgia. He was just the DC at Alabama. Smelling salts. I have to, dude. I have to. This is what happens when you wake up at 4.30 every morning and you record a podcast at 8 p.m. <laughs> with, with Kirby Smart, though, I, I've eaten all my words on him. I've I've kind of not really believed in Georgia the past few years, which the past few years they've given me reason not to believe them. But then this year they've just proved me wrong in every facet of the matter. Uh, I have money riding on – or I guess I already lost it. Georgia under 10.5. Uh season wins like wins for the season oh yeah i already lost that one but actually yep. i didn't even realize because i was having another terrible terrible week and i actually got saved because of all of my future college football future bets i made like i had three units on smu over six and a half wins i had call. i had three units also on texas state under four and a half wins and they finished with another good call. four and then i had two units on Texas under eight and a half wins. So I went like undefeated on my other than Georgia. Like that Georgia was the only one I lost on my like win prediction total, but it was fun. Damn, but anyway, I, I wish I had known about SMU. To win yeah, I know six and a half. I was literally That's like free money, bro. Easy money. Yeah, it was free money. That's almost a rat line, but rat lines don't really happen with teachers. Yeah. With, yeah. But it was like minus minus one forty odds. That's the only thing. Oh, okay. That's I had to put a little bit of juice down. But, yeah, that, that's it, though, for most of the major college football changes. Another name, though, too, now that I just think about it, looking at the list, is uh, Baylor head coach Dave Aranda might be out of there like, after at the end of the season, after the bowl game and whatnot, after the championship game. Dave Aranda is kind of a hot commodity as well. Other okay. big schools want him. So that could be a name. And then uh, Notre Dame, there's also rumors as well that Notre Dame might be waiting for Luke Fickle to finish the season and try and get Luke Fickle. That's from Cincinnati that as well. But I personally think at this point, Luke Fickle seems like he's committed to stay at Cincinnati. And I think he has reason to, they're going to pay him ridiculous amounts of money to stay there. And also they're going to be a big 12 team soon. So he's going to get that power five job. Yeah. And if Luke Fickle didn't have interest in LSU nor USC, then he's not going to have an interest in Notre Dame. Yeah, that yeah, I don't I don't think so. Yeah. The only thing is though, he is like he is like a true Catholic and like that's like they're they're saying that they want to bring back the Catholic <laughs> recruiting ties and stuff. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't But I think I he'll know. stay. I actually I want him to stay cuz I want to see him in the Big 12. So Me too. since Cincinnati he will still be good. I want Cincinnati to be good in the Big 12. And I want TCU to fucking beat him and take over. But Alrighty, I think that is it for our college football segment. Now we got honestly, we went on kind of kind of long on that, so I'll leave it up to you if if we want to do the whole "how do you feel" segment or if we want. Yeah, let's do in NFL and then um, call it a day. I guess we could do MLB too, but we, we could we could do MLB them. on Thursday because I mean, there's going to be probably more moves on by then. True. So alrighty, yeah. First, I'll get rid of that. But yeah, let's do some NFL. 
Alrighty. So first up on our, how do you feel this? For those that don't know this segment, we basically just kind of go from topic to topic asking how we feel on each scenario around the league. Uh, starting with you, Elijah, this one's just for you. How do you feel about the Cowboys dropping two in a row after I'm fucking pissed off Super Bowl chance, baby. Ugh. All right. So first off, Raiders didn't win that game. The refs won that game. Um, that one that I kind of most, agree with. Yeah, that was the most god-awful officiated game I've ever bad, seen in my yeah. life. How does the NFL look at that game? And by the way, I think that's the most watched regular season game in 10-plus years, 15-plus years. A, that's nuts. Yeah. Um, and and it was just filled by flags. It was awful to watch. Literally after every play, I was looking at the bottom of my screen. I'm like, when's the flag going to be thrown on this? Where's the flag on that? There's missed calls on the Cowboys towards the end of that. Um or missed calls on the Raiders, and I don't know. It's just very infuriating, but that's why I'm not – I, I am scared, too, a little bit because that's a game in the Jason Garrett era that we definitely would have lost and that we've been winning those games recently, and we lost that one. It makes me kind of scared. But So there, there's a mild level of concern, but uh, in total, um, I'm still – feel pretty good another thing though is that like the rest of the division is somehow like turned itself around into a competitive division <laughs> which yeah, is gi- crazy. Hey, giants are a playoff competitor right now no the football team are the football team are, are more legit yes i know more legit and, i'm just and, saying because giants are bottom of the division yeah but the giants i mean they just beat the eagles who are trying to make a playoff run out of the since they completely adopted the run game um of their own so uh, uh crazy crazy so i just hope that if we can if we can dominate the rest of the east with these improved nfc east teams i'm i'm gonna be fine so i mean the cowboys are still gonna win the division regardless like that that's a lock right now um i just mean like in terms does this make you more nervous at all for a playoff run no no really? unless okay. we get that unless we get that referee crew I mean, yeah, if you get the same exact crew as the Raiders yeah. game. Yeah. They probably had money on Raiders plus seven and a half. That's what I'm talking about, the fucking conspiracy theories, dude. <laughs> Most of the money was on the Cowboys that game. I don't know. Coincidence? I think not. Roger's up to something, bro. Mm-hmm. Roger's making some house calls. Okay. What do we got next? How do we feel? I'm going to go ahead and answer this one myself. Uh, how do we feel about the Bengals absolutely destroying the Steelers this weekend? I kind of already touched on it on the beginning during my highlight of the weekend, but I, I mean, I feel super confident. This is literally the most confident I have felt in a Bengals team probably since 2014, whenever we had that 8 0 start with Andy Dalton, 12 uh, 4 finish. That was our year. I can go, I can rant about that. That was our fucking year, but Andy got hurt anyway. I think this is, again, this is one of those years that it just really doesn't make sense. Um, Bengals projected four or five wins, already seven and four. I think we have a very, very good chance of finishing 11 and six or even. I, I was looking at the schedule, not to be a little too cocky, but I think we can finish 12 and five. I really right. do. I really do. Here, wait, I'll pull it up and let me know if you agree because I might be in over my head on some of these, but. So we got the Chargers at home. Based on the way they've been playing, I think that's a winnable game. Then we got the 49ers at home. That that one, I don't know. That They're kind of scaring me right now. 
Broncos on the road, easy dub. Ravens at home, already sclounced them once. We can sclounce them again. Chiefs at home, that's the one I'm nervous about. And then Browns on the road, we got to even the series with Cleveland. That's 12 and 5. 12 and 5 right there. I don't know. Realistically, be 10 and 7 would be a good yeah, finish. Yeah, 10 and 7. I actually kind of like the Chargers next week because everybody's so down on them. Ah, dude, I, I think the Chargers are due. I think I think the Bengals are riding high, and I think Chargers are due for a bounce back. But that's just me. I don't know what the spread is, but I I it's bet two and a half Bengals. Two and a half. Wow. Okay, it's not that much. I know. Damn. I really want to win that game though. Eight and four would be chef's kiss. Yeah. All righty. Next up, how do you feel about the Giants firing Jason Garrett? I think we touched on this last week a little bit, but. Uh... I don't know. They, their offense still sucks. They put up, what, 13 points against Philadelphia? Their defense is <laughs> yeah. what prevailed in that game. So I don't think Jason Garrett's the problem. I think the problem is that Daniel Jones is their quarterback and Dave Gettleman is their GM. I mean, and the Joe Judge was their head coach. Uh, yeah, the head coach and GM, that those are problems. But I don't know. I think, I think Jason Garrett was kind of a big problem. I think he was limiting some offense, like in the sense that Kadarius Toney wasn't being utilized in a way that he should. Okay. And already since they've been kind of like getting him involved a little bit more since Garrett left, but I don't know. It just seemed like it wasn't really working with their personnel, his scheme. I, I still, I don't know why, but I still delusionally have at the back of my heart, some sort of hope for Daniel Jones to have a decent career. I, I a still lot of people like, do. I still feel like he, he has potential. Like he's just, I don't know what it is, but he needs to get over the hump and he needs somebody to work with him. It's because he's a fast white guy. Yeah, yeah I guess, dude. I <laughs> that's get it. it. That's a big fast that's white guy. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, I think that has a lot to do with it. And and in Garrett's defense, not that he needs defending, um, is that a lot of those games that he that he was the OC for Saquon was hurt. That Saquon is Saquon was out all year last year, and Saquon was out most of this year. So he was out Saquon Barkley for most of his tenure as OC, which I think he should. It's somewhat of an asterisk for that, you know, but also too is that he was kind of brought on to make Daniel Jones better, which Daniel Jones, like at times this year looked good at times this year looked bad. Still don't know. I think he's probably a poor man's Kirk cousins at this yeah. point. Not a bad comparison. Um, yeah. But speaking of Kirk cousins, he lined up behind the left or the right guard this weekend. Did you yep. see that? Fucking hate Kirk Cousins, dude. That was hilarious, dude. Kirk you Cousins like defenders. You like that? Kirk Cousins defenders are the worst people. I, I think I think people that defend Kirk Cousins are racist. That's literally white privilege. It's just like it's like it's like I don't know. Just like when people defend that guy, I'm like, you got to be racist or something. Like, <laughs> wait, well, how does that? Him. Wait, explain the correlation. It's more of a joke, but okay, I get like, okay. It's more of doesn't, like doesn't JD uh, defend Cousins a lot? I think so. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean it. I mean, he's a big Vikings seriously. guy. You got I mean, if you're a Vikings yeah. guy, you got to defend your guy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, next up, we got, how do you feel about the Seahawks losing to Washington football team? And I'll go ahead and start with this one. I, I touched on it a little bit. I was pissed off because I lost my bet on the Seahawks. But regardless of my degenerate gambling, I think this is definitely time for the Seahawks to hit the panic button. I think it's time to consider firing Pete Carroll. I think it's also time to consider trading Russell. We uh, oh my God. I almost said Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson. 
trading Russell Wilson. I think they should trade him immediately. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's rebuild time. I think you got to rebuild. I think both those guys are gone. I think I they think, should be. I think Pete Carroll's going to be fired. Well, it's not that Russell Wilson should be gone because Russell Wilson's a top five QB. But he, he has two years left on his contract. There's rumors that he wants out. So think about it this way. That's room. what I'm saying. Are That's the what Seahawks... I was about to get to. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead then. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he wants to get out anyway. So just get rid of him and get something out of him, especially when he still has time left on his contract. And to, like... He's kind of sucked, but like, I don't know. He's still Russell Wilson. So, yeah, I mean, he is, yeah, exactly. He's still Russell Wilson. Yeah. I, because what I was going to say is like, you know, he has two years left on his contract. So basically, if I'm the Seahawks GM, I'm viewing this as do the Seahawks have a chance of winning a Super Bowl in the next two years? Because if they Absolutely do, not. exactly, exactly. But if they do, then I'm going all in, bringing in some big free agent signings, making some trades, making something happen to get big names in Seattle and pushing for a Super Bowl in these next two years. If not, which is the case, because there's fucking no shot they're Super Bowl contenders after this season, then I think you have to blow it up. Like, get rid of everybody. Get all you can. Get draft picks. Get everything. They can get a lot for Russell Wilson and, uh, like, a lot. There was, I think there was an offer they turned down from the Bears that was, like, three first-round draft picks and two starters, like, and they turned it down. I don't think they're going to get that much at this point, but they're going to get at least two first-round draft picks for him. I think you get three for Russ. What? I think you get three for Russ. I think you could. You probably if it's, could. If it's, a, if it's a shitty team and they're two potentially very high draft picks, no. But if it's like a, a good mediocre team um, and they're like, I don't know, 20 and up first-round picks potentially – I'm trying to think of a team that just needs an upgraded QB. Um, I heard then, um, I heard a, a theory or like a root, not a rumor, but like kind of like a, a conspiracy trade of what, what do you think if the Seahawks traded Russell Wilson to the Giants for Daniel Jones and two first round draft picks? I mean, that could be, I think that actually might be a sick move for the Giants. Yeah. I mean, I would do that in a heartbeat if I was the Giants. But I also don't think it's a bad move for the Seahawks. So you get somebody yeah. that can kind of step in, fill in, and be that rebuild guy until you draft your new, your next franchise player. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. They probably just... the only thing I can think about in this situation is how fucking bad does that Jamal Adams trade look now? Oh, terrible! Yeah, god awful. <laughs> just terrible. It just, it just keeps on getting worse and worse. Especially uh, after, you know, he was in the media saying, oh, I'm the best safety in the league. Fuck off. No, you you used to be one of, but not this year. That's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, man, as a Cowboys fan, I definitely wanted uh, us to trade for him. And <laughs> I mean, you never know, though. Maybe he, been, maybe he would have been good in the Cowboys. You never know. Maybe it's just a scheme thing. But the Seahawks' entire defense has been not so great. And the football team looks kick-ass again. Like, Taylor Heineke, I'm rooting for that guy. I like him, yeah. I'm also rooting for him. I want him to work out. I want him to just be their starter going forward, you know, and just – Oh, I definitely want I him think to be he, around he, for another couple of years. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's done well enough to, like, to where he's solidified his spot. As For next year, yes. I think so. I think he should. I mean, and another thing, too, I think, you know, we all love an underdog story. The guy was out of football last year. 
Um, and now he's kicking ass. I mean, he's definitely not the most talented guy, but look, he brings it. Yeah, he has heart. Sometimes he makes, he's got yeah, heart. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes he just makes dumb plays. Um, and then so next up we got the Pats beat down the Titans. So how are you feeling about both these teams right now? So I think with no Derrick Henry, the Titans need to be looking to hit the panic button. Um, and then on the opposite end of things, the Patriots are smooth sailing to the playoffs right now. They, I, right. I think they might, they might end up as the one seed in the AFC. And I, I didn't think I would say this at all in the preseason, but the Patriots are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. So I remember a couple of weeks ago, I said something along the lines of Patriots just need to put everything on the table this year, take the training wheels off Mac Jones and just go balls out regardless of just disregard record. Um, hand up. Bill Belichick knows more about football than I do. And uh, he had a, he had a plan. So uh, I think the Pats are kick ass. I think they would probably be my Super Bowl favorite at an AFC if it wasn't for the whole rookie quarterback thing. And the only reason why I say that is because, because it's never been done. But if there's somebody to do it, it would be Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. And also Mac Jones came into the league as advertised. Yeah, wait, did you say you said it's never been done? I thought Ben Roethlisberger made it his no. rookie year. No, it was his second year. Second year? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree exactly with what you just said. The Patriots would be my favorite out of the AFC, but it, it is really, really hard to pick a rookie quarterback to go on and win the Super Bowl, especially whenever you have, like, these kick-ass teams of the NFC with Aaron Rodgers honestly having an MVP-caliber season uh, and the Packers who were just dominating, so... I think the Packers right now are probably my favorite out of the NFC. Yeah, um, I'm still sticking with them. They were my Super Bowl pick. Yeah. Um, but wouldn't it be crazy if there was a, a Tom Brady, Mac Jones Super Bowl? Oh, my God. I would love to see that, bro. That would be the most watched Super Bowl in, like, the last decade. Yeah. I don't know if I would love it or if I would absolutely hate it. I would, I would have to kinda... root for Mac Jones, though. Would you? Would you root for the evil empire? I would. That is. That's the thing, though. Bill, Bill Belichick. That's the thing. I don't. I think I, I have. I like Mac Jones, though. You know. See, because I've never been a Pats hater. I've always like. Same. Yeah. I'm not a Pats lover, but like I've always enjoyed the Pats, and usually most Super Bowls I root for them. Yeah, well, because uh, I'm a I'm Tom Brady guy. I like Tom Brady, so I would root yeah, I like, for. I would root for the Pats. Right. So. Oh man, that'd be tough, man. It'd definitely be awesome to see and it would definitely be legacy on the line game for both guys and tom brady and bill i mean it would be um, just as big of a storyline as like you know goat versus baby goat whenever it was you know mahomes and and uh brady going up against each other that's true it'd be insane but that's a very real possibility now at heading into week 13 which is just crazy um but another afc east team is making waves so how do you feel about the uh, Dolphins right now making a playoff berth. I I don't think four it's wins happening. in a row. I don't think it's happening. I don't I don't know why. I still am pretty low on the Dolphins. So Tua is has like the eighth best QBR apparently. I can't remember if it was straight up QBR or QBR with some kind of ramifications like we all love to do those stats yeah. that we all love. Um, 
but while having like the worst or like one of the fourth, like I don't know, bottom tier O line basically, but still putting up the eighth best QBR, um, which is kind of insane. So I think I think the Tua haters and Tua non-believers should maybe quiet down a little bit. I think maybe Tua might that. be yeah. good. I didn't realize that he was having that good of a year. Yeah, and, and he's been hurt, so I don't know. But that's always going to be the knock against him if he can finally get healthy, is 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 uh, if he can be on the field, actually. So we'll see. But I, I think the Dolphins uh, can can make it. I think they can go for the playoff run. Because AFC's <sighs> wide open, dude. Like, really the only other teams that are around their record that are competing for that seventh spot are, like, the Browns, um, the Steelers. Um, I'm trying to think. Jets and Bills, I mean, Pats and Bills are in. Yeah, wait. Uh, yeah, you're right. For the seventh spot, the Raiders, Chargers are looking for it right now. And then, I guess not the seven. That wouldn't be the seven. Steelers. It'd just be like those last like two spots. I mean, yeah, it's really, I guess it's really between. Well, I don't know, though, because like the Colts might take. That's tough because you got the Colts, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Steelers, the Browns. And now the Dolphins all kind of – I mean, you could even say the Broncos at 6-5. and five. I mean – I'd definitely take the Colts. I think the Colts look like the, the like a true playoff team at this point in the year. Yeah, they're a playoff – I think they're a playoff team. Um, I think the Dolphins could be there week 18 in the hunt. I don't know, dude. I'm not – I don't know, though. But looking at their schedule, like – I mean, they their got the – The Dolphins schedule? Yeah, it's so easy. It's cake. Yeah, it's so easy. They got the Giants at home, followed by the Jets at home. They may go seven and seven after those two games. So, but then they got the Saints on the road, which that also might be a win. Shit, I think that's pretty cake. That's their hardest game the rest of the year. No, they got Titans on the road and then Patriots at home. Oh, sorry. Well, Pats at home is week eighteen, and who knows how hard the Pats can be trying at that point. That's actually a good point. Yeah, they might have already secured. I, that'll be interesting then. The Dolphins might actually be able to sneak in with a win there in the last week. That is interesting. I, I think it could happen. I think they, I, can, I think they nab that seven spot. That'll be fun to watch pan out. But all right. And then next up, we got how do you feel about the 49ers potentially being back? I think they're back. You think they're back? I think they're back. Well, not all the way back, but they're back as a playoff team. And Kyle Shanahan being a. Like boy genius. I mean, they look damn good. They're playing out of their mind right now. They're running the ball over the field. Yeah, even with all their running back injuries and everything, they're just they're doing it with whoever. Oh yeah, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan just basically said, "Hey Debo, you're a running back now." And Debo was like, "I'm cool with it, and I'm going to be a baller." And yeah, that's what Debo. happened. <laughs> Debo's been having like an all time season, bro. Yeah, crazy. poor Brandon Ayuk, fantasy owners though. <laughs> he was supposed to have yeah. a breakout year. Yeah, he was like a second or third round pick. Yeah, in some in like leagues, every yeah. single draft. I think I don't know. He was a top five pick in like every single league, or top, top five round. Okay, five I was about rounds. to say. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I phrased that incorrectly. Yeah, a lot of people um, had high hopes for him, but no. I mean, I think yeah, looking at the NFC, especially with the weak NFC East, um, the NFC North really is kind of struggling a bit uh, you could say the vikings are a playoff team but i don't especially now that they just lost dalvin cook i don't really know um i mean the nfc south with the fucking 
The Falcons are five and six, which doesn't make any sense. Like they seem like they should be one and nine at this point in the year, or one and ten. They're so yeah, bad. They've had weird stretches. Yeah, and then like the Saints were five and two, and now they're five and six. So I think the Saints are done for. Yeah, Trevor Simeon turns out is bad at football. Yeah, yeah. News. Didn't yeah. know that from his time at Denver. Yeah, I don't. I don't. In terms of the 49ers, though, I. I will acknowledge, yes, they're playing better and they're playing good football right now. But will they actually? Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. Just looking at the NFC. What? Or who? 49ers. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. Just looking at the NFC standings right now. I don't think there's any way they don't. All right, on to the next. All right, how do you feel about the Baltimore Ravens as the number one team in the AFC? Do you think they're legit? No. Not at all. Yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page. No. Um, Lamar threw four picks, like you said, against the Browns. Um, They don't look very good. A lot of their wins have been close wins. They haven't had very many dominating wins. They had that one weird win against the Chargers, but as we all know, which was a dominating win, uh, but their defense really just hasn't performed like that consistently throughout the year. I don't know. I'm not buying it at this point. Yeah, I mean, they've played just like their past. I mean, even I guess you mentioned the Chargers game. So after that Chargers blowout, they have a 24-point loss to the Bengals, a overtime, very close overtime, uh, last-second field goal win against the Vikings. A loss to the Dolphins, which was really yep. ugly. A yeah, three-point. What? Turn my. That's what made me turn my opinion around on this team after they lost the Dolphins. I was like, maybe they're not that good. Yeah, exactly. And then a three-point win against the Bears, who looked really bad in that game as well. And then the the Browns game, which was probably the ugliest primetime game of the season, and will be probably disgusting. Yeah, it was. Just, but it was honestly fun to watch. I kind of enjoyed it. Oh, it put me straight to bed, so I enjoyed it as well. <laughs> no, nah, but I I don't think the Ravens are, are going to do anything in the playoffs. I think no matter who they play, they're going to be a first-round exit, even if they somehow find a way to finish with that one seed. Well, I think if, if they're not the one seed, they could probably win in wildcard week. But if they do get that bye, I'll agree with you. But I think they could win the playoff game. But just, I'm just saying, as a one seed going all the way to the Super Bowl, no. Yeah, definitely um, not. No, I don't. I wouldn't could, even have them on my radar whatsoever for a Super Bowl. I, but I will say, how weird the AFC has been this year. I could see them making an a, uh, AFC Championship berth. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, it, it's I mean, been AFC, weird, man. Like the the Bills are dropping games left and right. I don't know. Are the Chiefs back? I think the Chiefs are back. I really do. But yeah, the, the Chiefs Bills. Pats? Chiefs Pats. It might be, dude. It might be Chiefs Pats at one and two. Be fucking stupid. I know. Like after all of this, like, you know, after. We thought we were getting something new. Yeah, like the Raiders being number one at one point, then the Titans, then the Bengals, and then fucking nope, just Chiefs and Patriots again. Yeah. It might, it might end up like that, honestly, at this point. But all right, and then last but not least, just a quick question. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on this year's Thanksgiving games? How did you feel about them? Did you think it was a, a, a good set of games or boring? 
Um, well, that Lions game was just depressing. <laughs> it was, uh, but for me personally as well, and just in general. Um, and then I guess I don't know. There was that Cowboys game. I'm sure other people had fun watching it. I didn't. Um, <laughs> and then, well, I did hit a crazy parlay on player. Dude, parlay. I literally, yeah, I was just my whole family was just sitting around the TV, and then Dalton Schultz scored, and I jump up, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, let's fucking go. That oh. was pretty. That was a pretty nuts parlay, though. The yeah, was whatever you. Mary. Whenever you sent it, I was like, no fucking shot. Like, I'm, I'm not Yeah. You. Like, no shot. I even, I even, as soon as I, it was one of those where as soon as I made it, I was like, why the fuck did I make this? And then, like, at halftime, I was like, yo, this boy's alive. <laughs> this boy's alive. Like, because was it yeah. four or five legs? It was four, I think. Okay. Yeah. It was Noah Brown over three catches, Pollard over three catches, Set, Cedric. It was Wilson like Cedric over, over 50 something yards. yards. Yeah, and then Schultz to catch a touchdown. Bang. Dude, I just I didn't think Schultz was gonna catch a touchdown. That was the one that I was nervous about. Yeah, but it happened. It happened uh, after a call. Still went down this week though, so whatever. Um but yeah, no, and then the Bills Saints game was a blowout. So they're kinda eh. Yeah, I mean I think the more uh, yeah the Bill Saints game wasn't really fun to watch, but I think overall it was it was a good good day of football because although the the Lions game was depressing, I wanted to see the Lions win. It was a pretty good game, even though it was a like I don't know low scoring, not not much offense, but it was nice to see. I loved seeing Andy Dalton put on a show. He had over three hundred yards. He got the the uh, Thanksgiving MVP trophy, so that was pretty cool. Good for him. We'll probably never get that opportunity again. No. All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and round it out with uh, some love it or loathe it. We've we've it's gone good. on long enough. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna yeah we're gonna talk about we're gonna get into MLB free agency on Thursday uh, this week. Uh, we went a little bit longer, so we'll talk about it then. And I'm sure more signings will probably happen in the next like by tomorrow and Thursday as well. So, all righty, first up, Elijah, I'm gonna start with you. So. LeBron calls this season his biggest challenge yet. Love it or love it? I love it. Sh- shut up, LeBron. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. Um, Tiger Woods spoke to the media for the first time since his accident. Yeah, I love it. He said some things um, about it. You know, he's very honest in this press conference. He said basically, like, um, I hope to compete professionally in golf again, but I don't think I'll ever be able to compete at a high level. Um, and he, you know, said he was lucky to be alive, which, I mean, we all know the details of the crash. He's right. Um, it was a very honest press conference, but um, I don't know. It's just crazy, you know, looking at him in his career. But <laughs> but there's still a little voice in the back of my head with Tiger telling me all these things. I'm like, you know what? He could still probably win the Masters. He's going to do it, bro. He's going to find a way to win the Masters somehow. I feel like it's going to happen. All right, and then next up, we got a report came out recently that MLB has been interchanging its balls this season. Yeah, I'm going to love this. So apparently they're, they've been interchanging like normal balls with juiced balls. Um, like with like not even like per game, it's been by a ball bag. So like you you can see clips of pitchers like looking at balls and like feeling them different and not liking them and like wanting like a normal ball I guess mm-hmm. um, it's kind of crazy and then this is also coming on the heels of a 
um, potential lockout because the new CBA is going to be about is being debated right now between the MLB PA and the MLB itself. So there's a lot of a lot of crazy things going on with baseball that's kind of flying under the radar right now. And this is the new rumor that's popped up, which is just kind of nuts. Yeah, I didn't even heard and, about that. And people are kind of pissed about this, that this report came out, because this is also the first year that the MLB has had a partner that's a gambling company in, like, uh, FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, so people think there's some sort of more conspiracies. Some little fuckery going on. A little fuckery. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of ironic. Like, I don't know, to hear about juiced balls in the same year of the whole like sticky substance situation and everything Mm -hmm. it's kind of weird um lionel messi wins the 2021 balloon to or trophy his seventh i i first off ballon d'or that was cute um (laughs) i'm just kidding but uh so yeah lionel messi i'm gonna go ahead and loathe it but i want to talk about it um the Ballon d'Or, for those that don't know, Ballon d'Or is basically the MVP trophy for all of European soccer. It's it's the most prestigious award you can win as a soccer player. And this was Lionel Messi's seventh, but the reason I'm going to loathe it, and I'm a big Messi fanboy, always Messi over Ronaldo, but this was Robert Lewandowski's trophy. He deserved it. Um, Lewandowski is the Polish striker that plays for Bayern Munich. He has been putting up ridiculous numbers at a ridiculous rate he's averaging a goal every 60 minutes last season he finished with more per independent goals than some teams did in the bundesliga um and also he's it's just it's ridiculous like his numbers are absolutely ridiculous so i feel like he got robbed and he would have won it in 2020 if they didn't cancel the award he should have two right now and he's stuck with zero but i I think it's just an agenda they had to give it to messi so i love it uh, Enos Cantor legally changing his name to Enos Cantor Freedom. Cantor is going to be his middle name. Yeah, so I'm going to love this one as well. Um, so Enos Cantor, he, he has kind of from his home country. I, I, I'm blanking on where it is now. I think Turkey. Tur- yes, I was just at Turkey. And so he has a lot. There's a lot of political issues, you could say, uh, with the Turkish government and everything. And so he's. Now that he's becoming an American citizen, he is going to be changing his name to Innis Cantor Freedom. And I mean, good for you. It's it's kind of a I, I don't really know what to think about it, but it's like a statement, kind of like a middle finger to the Turkish government type thing from what I've gathered. So good for him. You know, I'm getting a little bit just to just to spread, even though huge different stories, but uh, just a little bit of Metal World Peace vibes. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I was about to say. It's the only other name change I can think about like that. <laughs> uh, Coach O goes out in style, beating AM and securing a bowl game berth for LSU in his final game as head coach. I'm going to love this one as well. Got just two loves to finish it out. Uh, Coach O, it, it, it seemed like an emotional game for him. He, he seemed really, really in tune. And like in the post game press conference, he, he just seemed like he was kind of soaking it all in. Um, and it was really cool to hear him say, like at the end of his press conference, the reporter was like, can we get a go Tigers just one last time? And he was like, he kind of had like tears in his eyes, just go Tigers. And he just walked away. You love it. It was a great way to go out um, after really kind of shit season and shit like public season out in the media, a lot of agendas against him, but you know, he got the win. He got the bowl game. He's going to go out in style. So Good for him. Uh, I think it may, especially if they get a bowl game win, it may help him get a job down the future as well. So good for Coach O. But 
That's all we got for today's episode. Uh, like we mentioned, we're going to get into MLB free agency chaos on Thursday. We didn't really have much time to talk about it today. Um, but yeah, we'll be back again on Thursday. I think, Elijah, we're going to, what time do you want to do on Thursday? Six. Six? Okay. So we'll be live uh, at six on Thursday for another episode. And yeah, I don't really have anything much to add. We'll see y'all then. Elijah, you got anything? All right. Peace. Peace.